Welcome to another episode of Aging with Energy, the old guys travel show, uh, Humble and Fred. There's Freddie, uh, who uh, you've been, uh, you know, it's funny, like, I don't know, my memory of our early days together was basically we would do a morning show. Uh, never in, in probably 10 or 15 years, I don't recall us ever having more than two weeks off. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it was just one week off because we couldn't be off for two weeks, you know, because of the ratings. And I'm my memory of our early travel was just going to like all inclusives and well, that's what it was. You know, we never got more than two weeks off at a time. And with ratings, remember ratings uh, created a problem because everybody else could take their kids away for March break. We couldn't. That's right. Um, so I we used to try and get something in in February, which was a week at an all-inclusive where you'd go and gain seven pounds. <laughs> seven pounds the first day. Yeah. Um, so. and, th- and that was fine. I remember mm-hmm. doing a lot of that with our kids, you know, going to all-inclusives or going to someplace like that. And, and my memory of, well, that was kind of what we did for all those years. And then at some point, you being a little bit older than me, you started to go. You started to sort of expand your travel horizon. Yeah, I think, it was two, I think the, the when I really got adventurous the first time, Howard was two thousand when I went. We went to Greece. I was going to say, you know, I yeah. my, I, rec- I reckon I could recollect. Uh, you did Greece. You did Italy a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a recent episode, you talked about going to England and Liverpool, and and like you, as I got a little older and you know away from terrestrial radio, I started to expand a little bit. I. I hadn't been to Europe very much. I'd been once in 1982 with our good friend Dan Duran. And I went back in 1994 with my dad. And this was before GPS. He and I went to Scotland and did all the, you know, it was typical golfy, you know, things you do. On that trip, I played St. Andrews, stayed in St. Andrews. I played Presswick, which was one of the original uh, British Open courses. It's where they played like the, I don't know, sometime, somewhere in the 1910s and 20s, they played the British Open there. And that was an interesting Love trip. stuff like that, man. Well, it was so cool because they've literally, it's, it's yeah. the same ground they've been playing this yeah. tournament on for, you know, 150 years. That trip was interesting for me because of my father, who's a big golfer, and it was, you know, uh, it was interesting for a couple of reasons. One, we didn't have GPS. No. And I remember my dad being fascinated that I could read a map and find our way from town to town because we did that. We just drove around the, the country. We landed in Edinburgh. And thanks to Dan Duran, I don't know if you know this part of the story, Dan Duran, uh, who at the time was married to a lovely woman who worked for British Airways, who not only got our flights upgraded, she literally walked, I don't know if you know this, she walked onto the plane with my father and I, and we had sort of regular economy seats. And she, because of her connections, walked us on into like business class. Mm. But in Edinburgh, she had also arranged for us to get a break on the Edinburgh Hotel, which mm. is in this huge castle and this wonderful city in Scotland. And again, I don't. I couldn't tell you what the price was, but it wasn't what we paid. And I remember my father being, you know, from Moose Jaw, was sort of fascinated by the fact that whatever it was costing regular people, it was only costing us like a fraction. Anyway, so all by way of saying, I hadn't been to Europe that often, and since 2016, I've been to Europe five times in seven years. One of the trips was I went back to Scotland, and it kind of started in a very uh, organic way. Do you remember that we had? 
Keith Pelly, who was the at at one time, he, you know, he was the president of TSN. Yes. Then he uh, went to Rogers. He's the one that yeah. put together that huge hockey deal, mm-hmm. uh, the five point whatever billion dollar. Yes. And Keith came on the show, and this was in January of 2017. We sort of we we knew each other casually, and he knew you and I, and and he had just been made commissioner of the PG of the European PGA Tour. And at the end of the conversation we had on our show, he said something like, "Humble, you should come over this summer." And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't, don't say that, Keith, because I will. And I did. In the summer of 2017, I flew to uh, London. And Keith had arranged for me to play golf at Wentworth, which is, I don't know what the comparable would be. It would be kind of like playing at Augusta. So he had arranged for that. And then I took a train from London to Scotland, which... Again, I, I for some reason I thought you had done something like that, but it's traveling. In- well, I, I drove from Edinburgh or Scotland down to London. Oh, okay, so, so you drove you, the right. other way. So yeah. you know the countryside. Oh, it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it fascinated me. And I and I've done this now a few times in Europe where I've done some rail trips. Most recently, I took a train from Paris to Toulouse. I'm sorry, to Agen, which is near Toulouse. My point is. Traveling by rail in Europe is an experience. I totally recommend it because having only done it recently, it's, it's fascinating. You get to see the country in a way that you don't get to see it when you're flying over it. Well, uh, we took the train once from uh, Venice to Munich. So we went through Italy, Austria, and then into Germany. And that was, and during the daylight hours, it was fantastic. And I know what you mean because it's like, you know, you're, it's, you've never been in that area before. And then, you know, the geography is so much different and they let you know when you've crossed into the next country. It's pretty cool. It is cool. Mm-hmm. So I take the train to Edinburgh uh, in 2017. And Keith Pelly, this guy, you know, it's almost embarrassing sometimes when I tell this golf story to other golfers. They like, I always do this because I'm, you know, humble Howard. I always say uh, a guy I know that works with the European tour. I don't because, you know, it's like uh, it just sounds like a douche when you say, yeah, a buddy of mine is the commissioner of the European tour. Anyway, I, I take the train from London to Edinburgh. Then I get uh, I had to take a cab to Presswick, which is where I stayed And Presswick. As I mentioned the first time I was there. Uh, I didn't play it this time, but I stayed at an Airbnb across from the golf course. So again, you know, looking out this window and, you know, and much like you were telling the story about, you know, being in the, you know, in the in Liverpool and, you know, being sort of struck emotionally by being in the presence of the Beatles. I get that way when I'm in Scotland because, you know, it's the game I love the most and it's the place where it was birthed. And that golf course especially has got so much history. And so I sort of tooled around Presswick, which is where close to where this golf tournament was. But I, um, you know, I got a chance to play some public golf courses this time around. I didn't play any famous courses. Mm-hmm. I didn't play Mirrorfield. I didn't play Carnoustie. I didn't play Presswick, which, by the way, and St. Andrews, if you're a golfer listening to this, you know, the, um, the famous American courses are just now unaffordable. You know, guys on their bucket list is Pebble Beach or 
or the TPC Sawgrass, though, with the famous Island Green. Those courses are now $800 U.S. around, which is just beyond anything I would ever spend. But in Presswick, in St. Andrews, in those, in those courses, they're, they're more expensive than, say, your average golf courses. But we, this was in 1994. My father and I played St. Andrews for 60 pounds, which would be about $100 Canadian. Even now, it's only, I'm going to say only, it's 250 pounds, but that ain't $800. No. My point I'm going to make if I get to it is the public courses I played when I was waiting to play in this golf tournament that the commissioner arranged for me to be in, they were all very reasonable. They were in the 60, 70 pound range. They were great. They weren't historic, but they were all around these parts where, you know, they might've only been a hundred years old, but I, I joined up with a couple people on a couple of occasions and it was easy and reasonable and, and, and affordable is uh, the point I'm trying to make. Well, no, and it it's it's great that they've sort of maintained that spirit here, there, where here it's gone the other way. It seems, you know, as you describe those $800 around courses, it's like all other aspects of sports where it's being priced out of the average guy's ability to pay. Yeah, you just told me this recently on our other show. I, I had no idea. Or we're, we're, no, were we talking about this at the bar about how much money it costs to go to a Super Bowl? Well, yeah. I mean, we will not be doing a show about me going to the Super Bowl because I've never been to one, even though I was a sportscaster over uh, 20 some odd years. I always wanted to. But if I wanted to now and had the opportunity, I couldn't afford it. Like the cheapest seat would be three or four thousand dollars. So it's, you know, that an opportunity like that has been priced right out of the average man's ability to pay. So so much of that. Yeah, it's too bad. And again, like I, there was a couple years ago, I had a discussion with one of my golf buddies about mm-hmm. would we go to Pebble Beach or did I want to do that? And I priced it, you know, it's, it's to go there and stay in that area of Carmel, California and flying there and, and the way they, they package your accommodations with the golf. It's a $10,000 U.S. experience. And it just doesn't mean enough to me. I would tell you what, I, I will go back to St. Andrews and play that golf course before I'm done. And I don't care what it costs because it, it'll have some meaning. Again, I've been in that area now a couple of times. I, I think the history is pretty cool. Anyway, to wrap up this trip. So after spending two or three days in the Presswick area, I got to play a course that they play the Scottish Open on called Dundonald. Again, what an experience. I didn't have to pay for it, obviously. But it was an amazing experience, a fairly new course for Scotland. And, uh, you know, if you're a golfer, it really was a a next level thing for me because I got to play with a pretty famous European tour player. I got to be around the tournament for a couple of days. I got to watch these guys practice and warm up. And anyway, I wrapped up the, the trip. I drove through Glasgow back to Edinburgh which doesn't take very long. And I stayed in Edinburgh, Edinburgh again. Have you been mm-hmm. in that city? You have, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I've done the castle tours and everything. Yeah, amazing. Like Edinburgh is another one of those cities that is just so fascinating and historical. And I didn't do the castle thing, but it's one of my, it, it really is a, and you don't feel like I was never nervous. I was alone for like a, a day there. And I never felt like a, and in any, it wasn't in a bad area. And it's just a fascinating place. No, and again, I, you know, the pubs with <laughs> there were fantastic. 
It's amazing that in North America they can call something an English pub and make it absolutely identical to what you would walk in into in Britain or Scotland or England, wherever. And it's just not the same. <laughs> but and, and not to discourage people with golf and, and pricing, you know, as you've explained, how expensive it can be. Um, we'll do later shows on, you know, economic golf trips. In fact, I'll do one about going to uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and package deals that are, you know, well within the reach of the average guy. Absolutely. That's one of the best things about Myrtle Beach. And, and some of those, like when you're when you're in America, and we could do a whole show about, you know, how much golf costs in Palm Springs. Right. It's very, it, when you're in America and you're not in uh, near or a major city or, uh, you know, one of the more famous courses, like I just saw this online this week that they want for the TPC Sawgrass where they have that famous Island Green, you know, so on some people's bucket list, it's just unaffordable now for the average person. It's interesting that going to Scotland, playing those famous courses, Presswick, Carnoustie, um, Dundonald, they're just not at, they, they, they've, they keep the price down. In fact, the weirdest thing about St. Andrews, and I'll finish by saying this. So Monday through Saturday, it's a golf course. On Sunday, the people of the town of St. Andrews, and it's a big university town, the course is shut. And the people of the town spill out onto this famous ground with their dogs and their kids and they're throwing Frisbees around. And it's a it's just a big park on Sundays. The other thing you should know about St. Andrews and a lot of people go on these trips now and it's all booked by a um, a tour operator. But if you're there and you don't have a, a tea time. They have a lottery every day, and that's how we got on. You just put your name in, and I, I've some buddies of mine were there this last year. You put your name in, and they draw, and sometime in the next 24 hours, you're going to get on one of the most famous courses in the world. That's great. It is great. Uh, so there you go. Let me get the uh, beginning of this. I like this. Here we go. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Aging with Energy. Uh, check out Scotland. The Old Guys Travel Show, brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chamber Plan. 